Chapter twenty seven of Doctor Thorne by Anthony Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nick Whitley, Purley, United Kingdom. Chapter twenty seven. Miss Thorne goes on a visit. And now began the unpleasant things at Greshamsbury of which we have here told. When Lady Arabella walked away from the doctor's house, she resolved that let it cost what it might there should be war to the knife between her and him she had been insulted by him so at least she said to herself and so she was prepared to say to others also and it was not to be borne that de courcy should allow her parish doctor to insult her with impunity she would tell her husband with all the dignity that she could assume that it had now become absolutely necessary that he should protect his wife by breaking entirely with his unmannered neighbour and as regarded the young members of her family she would use the authority of a mother and absolutely forbid them to hold any intercourse with mary thorne so resolving she walked quickly back to her own house the doctor when left alone was not quite satisfied with the part he had taken in the interview he had spoken from impulse rather than from judgment and as is generally the case with men who do so speak he had afterwards to acknowledge to himself that he had been imprudent he accused himself probably of more violence than he had really used and was therefore unhappy but nevertheless his indignation was not at rest he was angry with himself but not on that account the less angry with lady arabella she was cruel overbearing and unreasonable cruel in the most cruel of manners so he thought but not on that account was he justified in forgetting the forbearance due from a gentleman to a lady mary moreover had owed much to the kindness of this woman and therefore dr thorne felt that he should have forgiven much thus the doctor walked about his room much disturbed now accusing himself for having been so angry with lady arabella and then feeding his own anger by thinking of her misconduct the only immediate conclusion at which he resolved was this that it was unnecessary that he should say anything to mary on the subject of her ladyship's visit there was no doubt sorrow enough in store for his darling why should he aggravate it lady arabella would doubtless not stop now in her course but why should he accelerate the evil which she would doubtless be able to effect lady arabella when she returned to the house allowed no grass to grow under her feet as she entered the house she desired that miss beatrice should be sent to her directly she returned and she desired also that as soon as the square should be in his room a message to that effect might be immediately brought to her beatrice she said as soon as the young lady appeared before her and in speaking 
she assumed her firmest tone of authority beatrice i am sorry my dear to say anything that is unpleasant to you but i must make it a positive request that you will for the future drop all intercourse with dr thorne's family beatrice who had received lady arabella's message immediately on entering the house and had run upstairs imagining that some instant haste was required now stood before her mother rather out of breath holding her bonnet by the strings oh mamma she exclaimed what on earth has happened my dear said the mother i cannot really explain to you what has happened but i must ask you to give me your positive assurance that you will comply with my request you don't mean that i am not to see mary any more yes i do my dear at any rate for the present when i tell you that your brother's interest imperatively demands it i am sure that you will not refuse me beatrice did not refuse but she did not appear too willing to comply she stood silent leaning against the end of a sofa and twisting her bonnet-strings in her hand well beatrice but mamma i don't understand lady arabella had said that she could not exactly explain but she found it necessary to attempt to do so dr thorne has openly declared to me that a marriage between poor frank and mary is all he could desire for his niece after such unparalleled audacity as that even your father will see the necessity of breaking with him dr thorne oh mamma you must have misunderstood him my dear i am not apt to misunderstand people especially when i am so much in earnest as i was in talking to dr thorne but mamma i know so well what mary herself thinks about it and i know what dr thorne thinks about it he at any rate has been candid in what he said there can be no doubt on earth that he has spoken his true thoughts there can be no reason to doubt him of course such a match would be all that he could wish mamma i feel sure that there is some mistake very well my dear i know that you are infatuated about these people and that you are always inclined to contradict what i say to you but remember i expect that you will obey me when i tell you not to go to dr thorne's house any more but mamma i expect you to obey me beatrice though you are so prone to contradict you have never disobeyed me and i fully trust that you will not do so now lady arabella had begun by exacting or trying to exact a promise but as she found that this was not forthcoming she thought it better to give up the point without a dispute it might be that beatrice would absolutely refuse to pay this respect to her mother's authority and then where would she have been at this moment a servant came up to say that the squire was in his room 
and lady arabella was opportunely saved the necessity of discussing the matter further with her daughter i am now she said going to see your father on the same subject you may be quite sure beatrice that a should not willingly speak to him on any matter relating to dr thorne did i not find it absolutely necessary to do so this beatrice knew was true and she did therefore feel convinced that something terrible must have happened while lady arabella opened her budget the squire sat quite silent listening to her with apparent respect she found it necessary that her description to him should be much more elaborate than that which she had vouchsafed to her daughter and in telling her grievance she insisted most especially on the personal insult which had been offered to herself after what has now happened said she not quite able to repress a tone of triumph as she spoke i do expect mr gresham that you will 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 what my dear will at least protect me from the repetition of such treatment you are not afraid that dr thorne will come here to attack you as far as i can understand he never comes near the place unless when you send for him no i do not think that he will come to greshamsbury any more i believe i have put a stop to that then what is it my dear that you want me to do lady arabella paused a minute before she replied the game which she now had to play was not very easy she knew or thought she knew that her husband in his heart of hearts much preferred his friend to the waif of his bosom and that he would if he could shuffle out of noticing the doctor's iniquities it behoved her therefore to put them forward in such a way that they must be noticed i suppose mr gresham you do not wish that frank should marry the girl i do not think there is the slightest chance of such a thing and i am quite sure that dr thorne would not encourage it but i tell you mr gresham that he says he will encourage it oh you have misunderstood him of course i always misunderstand everything i know that i misunderstood it when i told you how you would distress yourself if you took those nasty hounds i have had other troubles more expensive than the hounds said the poor squire sighing oh yes i know what you mean a wife and family are expensive of course it is a little too late now to complain of that my dear it is always too late to complain of any troubles when they are no longer to be avoided we need not therefore talk any more about the hounds at present i do not wish to speak of them mr gresham nor i but i hope you will not think me unreasonable if i am anxious to know what you intend to do about dr thorne to do yes i suppose you will do something you do not wish to see your son marry such a girl as mary thorne 
as far as the girl herself is concerned said the squire turning rather red i am not sure that he could do much better i know nothing whatever against mary frank however cannot afford to make such a match it would be his ruin of course it would utter ruin he never could hold up his head again therefore it is i ask what do you intend to do the squire was bothered he had no intention whatever of doing anything and no belief in his wife's assertion as to dr thorne's iniquity but he did not know how to get her out of the room she asked him the same question over and over again and on each occasion urged on him the heinousness of the insult to which she personally had been subjected so that at last he was driven to ask her what it was she wished him to do well then mr gresham if you ask me i must say that i think you should abstain from any intercourse with dr thorne whatever break off all intercourse with him yes what do you mean he has been turned out of this house and i'm not to go to see him at his own i certainly think that you ought to discontinue your visits to dr thorne altogether nonsense my dear absolute nonsense nonsense mr gresham it is no nonsense as you speak in that way i must let you know plainly what i feel i am endeavouring to do my duty by my son as you justly observe such a marriage as this would be utter ruin to him when i found that the young people were actually talking of being in love with each other making vows and all that sort of thing i did think it time to interfere i did not however turn them out of greshamsbury as you accuse me of doing in the kindest possible manner well 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 i know all that there they are gone and that's enough i don't complain surely that ought to be enough enough mr gresham no it is not enough i find that in spite of what has occurred the closest intimacy exists between the two families that poor beatrice who is so very young and not so prudent as she should be is made to act as a go-between and when i speak to the doctor hoping that he will assist me in preventing this he not only tells me that he means to encourage mary in her plans but positively insults me to my face laughs at me for being an earl's daughter and tells me yes he absolutely told me to get out of his house let it be told with some shame as to the squire's conduct that his first feeling on hearing this was one of envy of envy and regret that he could not make the same uncivil request not that he wished to turn his wife absolutely out of his house but he would have been very glad to have had the power of dismissing her summarily from his own room this however was at present impossible 
so he was obliged to make some mild reply you must have mistaken him my dear he could not have intended to say that oh of course mr gresham it is all a mistake of course it will be a mistake only a mistake when you find your son married to mary thorne well my dear i cannot undertake to quarrel with dr thorne this was true for the squire could hardly have quarrelled with dr thorne even had he wished it then i think it right to tell you that a shall and mr gresham i did not expect much cooperation from you but i did think that you would have shown some little anger when you heard that a had been so ill-treated i shall however know how to take care of myself and i shall continue to do the best i can to protect frank from these wicked intrigues so saying her ladyship arose and left the room having succeeded in destroying the comfort of all our greshamsbury friends it was very well for the squire to declare that he would not quarrel with dr thorne and of course he did not do so but he himself had no wish whatever that his son should marry mary thorne and as a falling drop will hollow a stone so did the continual harping of his wife on the subject give rise to some amount of suspicion in his own mind then as to beatrice though she had made no promise that she would not again visit mary she was by no means prepared to set her mother's authority altogether at defiance and she also was sufficiently uncomfortable dr thorne said nothing of the matter to his niece and she therefore would have been absolutely bewildered by beatrice's absence had she not received some tidings of what had taken place at greshamsbury through patience oriel beatrice and patience discussed the matter fully and it was agreed between them that it would be better that mary should know what sterner orders respecting her had gone forth from the tyrant at greshamsbury and that she might understand that beatrice's absence was compulsory patience was thus placed in this position that on one day she walked and talked with beatrice and on the next with mary and so matters went on for a while at greshamsbury not very pleasantly very unpleasantly and very uncomfortably did the months of may and june pass away beatrice and mary occasionally met drinking tea together at the parsonage or in some other of the ordinary meetings of country society but there were no more confidentially distressing confidential discourses no more whispering of frank's name no more sweet allusions to the inexpediency of a passion which according to beatrice's views would have been so delightful had it been expedient the squire and the doctor also met constantly there were unfortunately many subjects on which they were obliged to meet louis philippe or sir louis as we must call him though he had no power over his own property was wide awake to all the coming privileges of ownership and he would constantly point out to his guardian the manner in which according to his ideas the most should be made of it 
the young baronet's ideas of good taste were not of the most refined description and he did not hesitate to tell dr thorne that his the doctor's friendship with mr gresham must be no bar to his the baronet's interest sir louis also had his own lawyer who gave dr thorne to understand that according to his ideas the sum due on mr gresham's property was too large to be left on its present footing the title deeds he said should be surrendered or the mortgage foreclosed all this added to the sadness which now seemed to envelop the village of greshamsbury early in july frank was to come home the manner in which the comings and goings of poor frank were allowed to disturb the arrangements of all the ladies and some of the gentlemen of greshamsbury was most abominable and yet it can hardly be said to have been his fault he would have been only too well pleased had things been allowed to go on after their old fashion things were not allowed so to go on at christmas miss oriel had submitted to be exiled in order that she might carry mary away from the presence of the young bashaw an arrangement by which all the winter festivities of the poor doctor had been thoroughly sacrificed and now it began to be said that some similar plan for the summer must be suggested it must not be supposed that any direction to this effect was conveyed either to mary or to the doctor the suggestion came from them and was mentioned only to patience but patience as a matter of course told beatrice and beatrice told her mother somewhat triumphantly hoping thereby to convince the she-dragon of mary's innocence alas she-dragons are not easily convinced of the innocence of any one lady arabella quite coincided in the propriety of mary's being sent off whither she never inquired in order that the coast might be clear for poor frank but she did not a whit the more abstain from talking of the wicked intrigues of those thorns as it turned out mary's absence caused her to talk all the more the boxall hill property including the house and furniture had been left to the contractor's son it being understood that the property would not be at present in his own hands but that he might inhabit the house if he chose to do so it would thus be necessary for lady scatcherd to find a home for herself unless she could remain at boxall hill by her son's permission in this position of affairs the doctor had been obliged to make a bargain between them sir louis did wish to have the comfort or perhaps the honour of a country house but he did not wish to have the expense of keeping it up he was also willing to let his mother live at the house but not without a consideration after a prolonged degree of haggling terms were agreed upon and a few weeks after her husband's death lady scatcherd found herself alone at boxall hill alone as regards society in the ordinary sense but not quite alone as concerned her ladyship for the faithful hannah was still with her the doctor was of course often at boxall hill 
and never left it without an urgent request from lady scatcherd that he would bring his niece over to see her now lady scatcherd was no fit companion for mary thorne and though mary had often asked to be taken to boxall hill certain considerations had hitherto induced the doctor to refuse the request but there was that about lady scatcherd a kind of homely honesty of purpose an absence of all conceit as to her own position and a strength of womanly confidence in the doctor as her friend which by degrees won upon his heart when therefore both he and mary felt that it would be better for her again to absent herself for a while from greshamsbury it was after much deliberation agreed that she should go on a visit to boxall hill to boxall hill accordingly she went and was received almost as a princess mary had all her life been accustomed to women of rank and had never habituated herself to feel much trepidation in the presence of titled grandees but she had prepared herself to be more than ordinarily submissive to lady scatcherd her hostess was a widow was not a woman of high birth was a woman of whom her uncle spoke well and for all these reasons mary was determined to respect her and pay to her every consideration but when she settled down in the house she found it almost impossible to do so lady scatcherd treated her as a farmer's wife might have treated some convalescent young lady who had been sent to her charge for a few weeks in order that she might benefit by the country air her ladyship could hardly bring herself to sit still and eat her dinner tranquilly in her guest's presence and then nothing was good enough for mary lady scatcherd besought her almost with tears to say what she liked best to eat and drink and was in despair when mary declared she didn't care that she liked anything and that she was in no wise particular in such matters a roast fowl miss thorne very nice lady scatcherd and bread sauce bread sauce yes oh yes i like bread sauce and poor mary tried hard to show a little interest and just a few sausages we make them all in the house miss thorne we know what they are and mashed potatoes do you like them best mashed or baked mary finding herself obliged to vote voted for mashed potatoes very well but miss thorne if you like boiled fowl better with a little bit of ham you know i do hope you'll say so and there's lamb in the house quite beautiful now do we say something do we miss thorne so invoked mary felt herself obliged to say something and declared for the roast fowl and sausages but she found it very difficult to pay much outward respect to a person who would pay so much outward respect to her a day or two after her arrival it was decided that she should ride about the place on a donkey she was accustomed to riding the doctor having generally taken care that one of his own horses should when required consent to carry a lady but there was no steed at boxall hill that she could mount and when lady scatcherd had offered to get a pony for her 
she had willingly compromised matters by expressing the delight she would have in making a campaign on a donkey upon this lady scatcherd had herself set off in quest of the desired animal much to mary's horror and did not return till the necessary purchase had been effected then she came back with the donkey close at her heels almost holding its collar and stood there at the hall door till mary came to approve i hope she'll do i don't think she'll kick said lady scatcherd patting the head of her purchase quite triumphantly oh you are so kind lady scatcherd i'm sure she'll do quite nicely she seems very quiet said mary please my lady it's a hay said the boy who held the halter oh a hay is it said her ladyship but the hay donkeys are quite as quiet as the shes ain't they oh yes my lady a deal quieter all the world over and twice as useful i'm so glad of that miss thorne said lady scatcherd her eyes bright with joy and so mary was established with her donkey who did all that could be expected from an animal in his position but dear lady scatcherd said mary as they sat together at the open drawing-room window the same evening you must not go on calling me miss thorne my name is mary you know won't you call me mary and she came and knelt at lady scatcherd's feet and took hold of her looking up into her face lady scatcherd's cheeks became rather red as though she was somewhat ashamed of her position you are so very kind to me continued mary and it seems so cold to hear you call me miss thorne well miss thorne i'm sure i'd call you anything to please you only i didn't think whether you'd like it from me else i do think mary is the prettiest name in all the language i should like it very much my dear roger always loved that name better than any other ten times better i used to wish sometimes that i'd been called mary did he why he once had a sister called mary such a beautiful creature i declare i sometimes think you were like her oh dear then she must have been beautiful indeed said mary laughing she was very beautiful i just remember her oh so beautiful she was quite a poor girl you know and so was i then isn't it odd that i should have to be called my lady now do you know miss thorne mary mary said her guest ah yes but somehow i hardly like to make so free but as i was saying i do so dislike being called my lady i always think the people are laughing at me and so they are oh nonsense yes they are though poor dear roger he used to call me my lady just to make fun of me i didn't mind it so much from him but miss thorne mary 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 ah well i shall do it in time but miss mary ah <laughs> never mind let me alone but what i want to say is this do you think i could drop it anna says that if i go the right way about it she is sure i can oh but lady scatcherd you shouldn't think of such a thing shouldn't i now oh no for your husband's sake you should be proud of it he gained great honour you know ah well 
said she sighing after a short pause if you think it will do him any good of course i'll put up with it and then i know louis would be mad if i talked of such a thing but miss thorne dear a woman like me don't like to have to be made a fool of all the days of her life if she can help it but lady scatcherd said mary when this question of the title had been duly settled and her ladyship made to understand that she must bear the burden for the rest of her life but lady scatcherd you were speaking of sir roger's sister what became of her oh she did very well at last as sir roger did himself but in early life she was very unfortunate just at the time of my marriage with dear roger and then just as she was about to commence so much as she knew of the history of mary scatcherd she remembered that the author of her sister-in-law's misery had been a thorn a brother of the doctor and therefore as she presumed a relative of her guest and suddenly she became mute well said mary just as you were married lady scatcherd poor lady scatcherd had very little worldly knowledge and did not in the least know how to turn the conversation or escape from the trouble into which she had fallen all manner of reflections began to crowd upon her in her early days she had known very little of the thorns nor had she thought much of them since except as regarded her friend the doctor but at this moment she began for the first time to remember that she had never heard of more than two brothers in the family who then could have been mary's father she felt at once that it would be improper for to say anything as to henry thorne's terrible faults and sudden fate improper also to say more about mary scatcherd but she was quite unable to drop the matter otherwise than abruptly and with a start she was very unfortunate you say lady scatcherd yes miss thorne uh, mary i mean never mind me i shall do it in time yes she was but now i think of it i had better say nothing more about it there are reasons and i ought not to have spoken of it you won't be provoked with me will you mary assured her that she would not be provoked and of course asked no more questions about mary scatcherd nor did she think much more about it it was not so however with her ladyship who could not keep herself from reflecting that the old clergyman in the close at barchester certainly had but two sons one of whom was now the doctor at greshamsbury and the other of whom had perished so wretchedly at the gate of that farmyard who then was the father of mary thorne the days passed very quietly at boxall hill every morning mary went out on her donkey who justified by his demeanour all that had been said in his praise then she would read or draw then walk with lady scatcherd then dine then walk again and so the days passed quietly away once or twice a week the doctor would come over and drink his tea there riding home in the cool of the evening mary also received one visit from her friend patience so the days passed quietly away till the tranquillity of the house was suddenly broken by tidings from london lady scatcherd received a letter from her son contained in three lines in which he intimated that on the following day he meant to honour her with a visit 
he had intended he said to have gone to brighton with some friends but as he felt himself a little out of sorts he would postpone his marine trip and do his mother the grace of spending a few days with her this news was not very pleasant to mary by whom it had been understood as it had also by her uncle that lady scatcherd would have had the house to herself but as there were no means of preventing the evil mary could only inform the doctor and prepare herself to meet sir louis scatcherd End of chapter twenty seven recording by nick whitley purley united kingdom